We're going to read together from Scripture now before the band come and play one more song before we come around to the Word of God. But if you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Jonah chapter 2. And this is what we read. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought me up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray together. Father God, we pray today that you will help us, each and every one of us, trust in you even more than we did when we came into this place. We pray, Father God, that you will reveal yourself to us through your scriptures this morning. We pray, Lord God, that you will uh, just speak to each and every one of us. And I pray, Father God, that as we go from this place a little bit later on, we will go knowing that we have heard your voice. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you'll remember if you were here last week or if you tuned in online that we kicked off this journey looking at this incredible account in Scripture of a man named Jonah who was asked to perform a task that he didn't understand why he had to do it. And it was a task which he really did not want to do. You'll remember that instead of Jonah being obedient to the call of God, he turned his back and ran in the opposite direction. But for Jonah, the opposite direction ultimately ended up in disaster. He finds himself outside of the will of God on a boat which gets caught in a storm and ultimately ending up sinking to the depths of the ocean, seemingly without hope and without a prayer. You know, Being outside of God's will always ends in chaos. But what we see from our account of this man called Jonah today is that there is great hope. Because what Jonah shows us is that even when we blatantly disobey God, 
even when we choose to go in totally and utterly opposite direction of, to what God is calling us to do, even when we try to get as far away from the will of God as possible, there is always another chance and there is always hope. It doesn't matter who you are today. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you have hurt in the past. God will and still offers you another chance if you are willing to receive it today. So the sailors on this boat that we've heard read about in Jonah chapter 2, when they throw Jonah overboard, they are convinced that they are throwing Jonah to his death. But what looks like certain destruction in Jonah's life actually turns out to be a miracle of God's grace. Jonah himself at this point, when he was launched over the side of the boat, would have expected death. He knew what the penalty was to be. But then this great fish gulps him up and saves him from what he actually deserved. And in many respects, there's the gospel right there. You see, like Jonah, you and I have thought things wrong, said things wrong, done things wrong, which the Bible calls sin. Like Jonah, we deserve to be cut off from God because we too have disobeyed God and we too have gone in the opposite direction. But instead of sending a big fish, God sent Jesus, who whilst we were sinking to our depths of our brokenness, he took the punishment on our behalf. Meaning you don't have to be defined by your past. You are not defined by the mistakes that you have made. But from now on and from this moment on, because of Jesus coming to rescue us, you can be free. And we pick up this story of Jonah again today, having plummeted to the depths of the ocean, finding himself in the belly of a big fish. Now, before we move on, a word about the big fish. I don't want to dwell too much on this fish because, as I said last week, this is not a story about a fish. It's a story about Jonah. Critics of this story will look at it and say this story cannot possibly be true, but I wholeheartedly believe that it is true. We don't know what kind of fish it was that swallowed Jonah, but let me just point out that there are still massive, massive creatures living in our oceans. The average sperm whale has a, a mouth which can be up to 20 feet long and 15 feet wide. They're not mythical creatures, but they're alive in our waters today. Those kind of animals largely feast off squid, often which are bigger than the average human. We don't know what type of fish it was that gulped up Jonah, but it is plausible that this was a man who was swallowed whole. And the fact of the matter is that when we're talking about the gods of miracles, we're not talking about a God who is bound by our natural scientific laws. When we're talking about the God of the entire universe, would it really be impossible for him to have a human survive in the belly of a fish for three days? What is certain is that when Jonah was in the belly of this fish, he would have been in extreme discomfort. Jonah was in crisis, he was alive, but he had nowhere to turn. He was completely and utterly powerless at this point to change his situation. So what does he do? He does the only thing that he could possibly do at this particular point in his life. He cries out to God in prayer. Abraham Lincoln once said, I have been driven to my knees many times by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. I wonder if any one of us can identify with that 
today, when all hope seems lost, when everything seems to have defeated us, the only place that we can go, the only place that makes sense is on our knees in prayer. At first, Jonah probably thought when he was in the belly of this whale that he was going to die. I don't know how long it would have taken him, but I'm sure at some point he started to think to himself, hey, I am not dead. Maybe, just maybe God is up to something here. I mean, sure, my situation is uncomfortable, but I do have air to breathe. The heat in here is hot, but it's not totally unbearable. Maybe, just maybe, this fish is not a sign of my destruction, but it's a sign of my deliverance. R.T. Kendall put it this way. He said, the belly of the fish is not a happy place to live, but it's a good place to learn. And Jonah had a lot to learn. For three days in that smelly, dark fish belly, he pondered his situation. He did a lot of soul searching. He eventually saw the foolishness of his sin. He saw his need for God and that he prayed again the prayer that makes up most of this second chapter. When Jonah had turned his back on God, it did not bother him to be separated from God. But suddenly, when Jonah is thrown overboard as he faced death, he found that it bothered him tremendously to be separated from God. The most terrifying aspect of Jonah's plight was when he realized that God had almost given him what he wanted, to be free of his presence. Jonah wanted to run from God, and now the implications of that separation bring Jonah to repentance. And it's at that point that Jonah cries out to God with everything that he had. So I don't know where you are today. Maybe you have been running from God for a long time, and you're slowly beginning to realize that actually without God, life is hopeless. I want to encourage you again today to turn to God in prayer, call out to him. Maybe you're here today, and like Jonah, your life just feels hopeless at the moment. There are things going on right now that you have no idea how you are going to get out of them. Maybe you're here and you have just veered off course in your life a little bit. Like Jonah, maybe it's of your own making. You've made wrong decisions. You've been putting stuff off that you know you should have been doing. Whatever the reason you find yourself in a position of hopelessness today, the answer is the same. Actually, it's the same for really any situation that we find ourselves in. To get on our knees in prayer. Sometimes a crisis is exactly what we need to get us to pray. And notice to who Jonah prays to here. We read that Jonah prays to the Lord, his God. You see, even though Jonah had turned his back on God, even though he had gone in totally and utterly the opposite direction, even though Jonah had effectively disowned God, God had not disowned Jonah. In the midst of Jonah's unfaithfulness, God was still faithful. And sometimes we think, don't we, when we're disobedient to God, when we do go in the opposite direction, we think to ourselves, well, that's it. God must be done with me now. He can't use me anymore. Surely that is it for me and God. What on earth would God ever want with me now? I want to say to you today that even in the midst of your most unfaithfulness, God is still faithful. And if you would only do what Jonah did, cry out to God, he will hear. He is still your God. Don't let allow your past mistakes 
and your past sin to block what God wants to do in your life today. Come to him again, turn to him. He is still your God and faithful to forgive and to put you on a right footing once again. It's a theme, isn't it, which runs throughout the entire Bible. We saw it a couple of weeks ago when we looked at the story of Peter together. Peter, that man who was close to Jesus, one of his closest friends, who says, Jesus, I'll never turn my back on you. And Jesus turns around to him and says, you're going to deny me three times. What happens? That's exactly what happens. And what happens in the life of Peter, once again, when he repents, he's restored, and he goes on to give that amazing sermon where 2,000 people come to know Jesus Christ for themselves. When all is hopeless, when all feels lost, when it feels like we've stuffed up, messed up, and God will not want to know us anymore, when it feels like we're at our most faithless, God is still faithful. That was Jonah's experience. Jonah cried out to the Lord when he was at his most hopeless. But how did he do it? Well, I want to spend a little bit of time this morning just breaking down this prayer of Jonah. And what we notice when we begin to break down this prayer of Jonah, there are three parts to it. And what we see in the life of Jonah when he started this prayer, what did he do first? First of all, remember where he is. He's in the belly of a whale or a fish or whatever kind of animal it was in incredibly extreme conditions Conditions that we could never possibly fathom for ourselves. But the very first thing that he does in the midst of these conditions is to give thanks and to look forward. We read these words in verses 2 to 6. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed before me forever. Yet you brought me up to life from the pit, O Lord, my God. And verse 9 says, I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you, what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. What does Jonah have to be thankful for at this point? He's in the belly of a fish in extreme discomfort. He wasn't thankful that the Lord had delivered him at this point because the Lord had not delivered him at this point. He wasn't even thankful that the Lord was going to deliver him because at least at this point, he wasn't 100% certain that God was going to deliver him. He was thankful that God had turned him from his rebellion and caused him to remember the Lord his God. He was thankful for his salvation. He was thankful that even in the midst of everything that had happened, God was still gracious to him. Being thankful for Jonah did a number of things in the midst of his situation. His prayer begins to put his situation into perspective. Just like an artist at times will be painting a canvas and then have to stand back from the canvas in order to gain perspective of what he is doing and what he is painting. This is what Jonah does at this point. This is what his prayer does. It allows him to stand back. It allows him to step back and see for him the bigger picture. Yes, 
Jonah was in the depths. Yes, Jonah's situation appeared to be hopeless, but he was alive. And all the time that he was alive, and this was the case, God's will could still be accomplished in his life. You know, the Psalms are a perfect example of this, aren't they? Throughout the book of Psalms, what we see time and time again is people in hopeless situations, yet through prayer, their perspective begins to be changed. Here's an example. As the deer pants for the flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear Before God. My tears have been my food day and night, whilst they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Notice how the psalmist pours out his grief and his anguish. And then his prayer reminds him once again who God is. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. Are you, I wonder, going through a hopeless situation right now? Do you not know how it's going to turn out or where you need to turn? Turn to God in prayer again today. It will remind you who he is. It will remind you he is in control. It will refocus your vision and take your mind off of your situation and place it on a God who is bigger. Secondly, Jonah, in this prayer in the whale, was repentant. We read these words, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. This isn't merely a case of Jonah being honest about his sin. Plenty of people are honest about their sin. In fact, some people wear their sin as a badge of honor. What we see here is true repentance. Repentance is turning from something and going in a different direction. It's really the opposite to what Jonah did in the first place when he should have been going to Nineveh but ends up going in a different direction. What Jonah does in the belly of that fish as he prays is effectively he hands control back to God. He says, I'm done living my way. I am remembering your way. And that's how I want to live from here on in. I wonder today, church, have you done the same? Have you turned from your sin and trusted in a holy God? Being a Christian is more than just about saying a prayer once. It means saying to God, I choose to make you Lord of my life. I choose to make you master over all. I'm going to leave behind those things in my life which have been so destructive because I know your ways will lead me down the best path. It's amazing, isn't it? How many people in this day and age struggle with their identity? It's amazing, isn't it? How many people are longing for some sort of label to put on themselves in order to show people who they are because they look in the mirror often and what they see staring back at them is something they absolutely hate. But what Jesus does is he loves us just as we are, little old us, with all of our problems, with all of our sin, with all of our baggage. He takes us as we are and he gives us a new identity. He helps change us and mold us 
into who we were always meant to be. And the only way that is done is by completely letting go of everything which gets in the way of who God has called us to be. We cannot simply say that we're a Christian unless we're willing to give him everything. The third thing that we see in this prayer of Jonah as he is in this hopeless situation is that Jonah rededicates himself and his life to God. He says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah decided not only will I leave my past behind me, I'm going to follow God from here on in, no matter what the cost. Because although following God might be hard, although it might lead me at times down paths that I really don't want to go, life will never be hopeless, even in the bleakest of situations. You know, one of the biggest weaknesses that we have as human beings is that we are so easily led by our emotions. Things don't go our way, so we quit. Life gets hard, so we seclude ourselves. Pressure builds up, so we say, I don't want to carry on. And Jonah, in rededicating his life and himself to God, at this point anyway, remember, he still has a lot to learn, and we're going to find out about that in the later chapters. But he says, I will do what you require of me, God, no matter what the cost. Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that, the, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, his good, his perfect, and his pleasing will. In closing, there are times in all of our lives which feel and appear hopeless. These last two years have taught us that better than anything, haven't they? Sometimes those situations can be of our own making. We have veered far from God. We've done a Jonah. We were supposed to be going to Nineveh, but actually we decided we were going to go to Tarshish. Sometimes those situations are outside of our control, but whatever the reason at times we find ourselves in situations of hopelessness. What we need to know is that God is a God of second chances. God is a God who is still on the throne and we need to take a leaf out of Jonah's book, whatever the circumstances. Come back to God with a heart of worship. Pray to him because the prayer that we pray gives us perspective. He is still God. He is still on the throne. He is still in control. He still knows what he is doing. And when we do that, remember those things which may have got in the way. Repent of them and turn in the opposite direction and rededicate and refocus our lives on him. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And if you're in the room, I'm going to invite you to stand.
And as the band begins to play, let's just pray together this morning. Father God, forgive us for times where we find ourselves in hopeless situations and our response is to try to fix them in our own might and our own strength. Forgive us for the times where we assume the throne of God when it was never ours to assume in the first place. Lord, today, wherever we find ourselves, may this be a holy moment where we refocus and we rededicate ourselves to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to the rock of ages. Come Holy Spirit right now in this room. Will you meet with your people? Lord, if tears need to flow this morning, let tears flow. Where healing needs to occur, Lord, we pray for healing, emotional, physical, in whatever capacity. But may this be a moment where we realize you're not finished with us. May this be a moment where we once again just catch a glimpse of your calling on our lives individually and as a church. And may we present ourselves to you today as living sacrifices, knowing this is our best worship that we could ever give. In Jesus' name, amen.